I hate Muse, dude. Oh, uh, fuck it. Have you not read it? You know the fucking the Musey thing? I'm, saying, I'm just saying we start the thing with the Musey thing. Have you have you read this book? Yes, I've read this fucking book. Yeah, so he's like, there's I a lot start, in it. I start every day with a fucking muses prayer, don't I? From matey boy of that place. All oh, right. You know the one? No. I finished reading this book like two weeks ago. And you didn't refresh yourself. <laughs> no. I, on the other hand, ensured <laughs> that I was fresh. What page, dear friend, is the thing? Yep. Somewhere towards the end. Hurry up! I'm looking. Oh, divine posy. Uh, <laughs> page, is it? page 119. We'll take it in turns to read a sentence. No, that's weird. And yes, that's weird. Let's do it. 119. Invoking the Muse Part 3. Invoking the Muse Part 3. <laughs> Just looking for the commas so I don't rush through them. <clears throat> you should annotate it. That's what Nick said. You under, underline the, the bits that you need to put weight into. And then whenever you're going to put your breaths, you put like a forward slash. That's sick. Yeah. It's like sheet music, but for voices. Yeah. It just sort of, it creates your rhythm and then you don't get to this bit sort of partway through. You're like, hello, Troy, who's <laughs> made So we just, we chop and change every time there's a comma. Every time there's a comma. <laughs> yeah. Ready? Oh, divine posy. Goddess. Daughter of Zeus. Sustain for me this song of the various-minded man who, after he had plundered the innermost citadel of hallowed Troy, was made to stray grievously about the coasts of men. The sport of their customs. Good and bad. Whilst his heart, through all of the seafaring, ached with an agony to redeem himself and bring his company safe home. Vain hope for them. The fools. Their own witlessness cast them aside. To destroy for meat the oxen of the most exalted sun. Wherefore the sun god blotted out the day of their return. Make this tale live for us in all its many bearings. O muse. It's fucking, um, fucking, fucking, fucking. You got this. Uh, Boondock Saints Banger of a film Yeah it's that Just sort of like Yeah we just I think this is the bit Where we shoot folk Isn't it <laughs> um, I always get Boondock Saints And the Boondocks Confused Like the cartoon Yeah Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. And I, I'm always like Which one was which Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think equally As cultured though Yeah I haven't seen The Boondocks In fucking ages Yeah it's been a long time But it was great mm. It was great um, should we get into the into the meat of the episode? Yes, we should get into the of the of the oxen. You know the yes. exalted sun oxen. This is season two, episode seven. Yes, yes, episode seven. Uh, and this was about books and that. Animus. So, um, well, how are we how are we doing it? Well, well, we should probably probably follow that on with letting people know what that's from, which is yeah. Homer's Odyssey, not just like we've had a stroke. Like, we could just use this because are we still going? Yeah, because that, that sort of like explains yeah. what's what's going on. So that was the start of Homer's Odyssey, which isn't the start of this book. So the book we're talking about today is The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. Um, and it's all about, I mean, the, the the subtitle is Break Through the Blocks and Win Your Inner Creative Battles. Which is a pretty surface level and vanilla sentence considering the depth and game-changing nature of this book. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I, I would yeah, I would completely agree with that. This That's a sort of like, oh yeah, just, you know, just uh, smash down the, the <laughs> problem and crack on. 
Um, but that's kind of in terms of like a sales pitch. I don't know what else you'd kind of put to be like, hey, let's get it. Yeah, and it's also I love how minimalist the cover is because when I, when I first saw this, I was like, that's a weird cover for like a a book that you know kind of you feel like might change your life. And then you realize like it's just about yeah. don't don't fuck about. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like again, like obviously, if you want to see it, Google. Um, but there is just there's just a very very small sort of cube of dirt with a what looks like a poppy growing out of it. Yeah, um, I don't know what the meaning behind that is. Well, it's just a nice picture. Yeah, I mean, Mr. Pressfield himself. Uh, Stephen Pressfield is the author of Gates of Fire, Tides of War, The Afghan Campaign, The Profession, The Warrior, Ethos, and Turning Pro, among others. He's a former Marine. In 2003, he was made an honorary citizen of the city of Sparta in Greece. Nice. I said Sparta. That's my, uh, my devil may cry Sparta. coming in. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, obviously, poppies have... Like, like in terms of when you think visualization, you think poppy, you think like war. Yeah, which I suppose I suppose um, kind of works in this because war comes up a lot, not in its and in the title. Thank you, um, but not not in the sense of like you should be a soldier, but in a sense of like these the, constant battles. Yeah, exactly that. There is a there is a fight to be had to get the things that you want. Um, I've had this book for a while. You have. You've had this book for a while. Exactly the same amount of time. I... Now, I'm going to say I read it last night. It's a bit more complicated than that. When did you When did you make a dent in this thing? Um, I started reading it, I think, probably the Monday of the week you bought it for me. Okay. Um, so, we reckon... You said that was like two months ago-ish. Yeah, probably about that. Probably, probably just... Before Definitely before Christmas. Yeah. Did you? Was it a one and done? Did you just cane your way through the book and then was it? No. So I it went to work with me and I probably read like three or four pages a day, every day yeah. until I finished the book. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. I, I'm not really a sit down and like consume books kind of guy. I like to live with it for a bit. Yeah. Um. And this this was definitely, definitely one of those where it was like, every like every day just a little bit. Like little, yeah was he because the again so on the cover you've got the the subtitle but at the bottom it's Stephen Pressfield and then there is a quote from Esquire which is a vital gem a kick in the ass yeah. was it giving you a daily kick in the ass absolutely yeah it was um <clears throat> yeah I don't like I don't want to rush to the end uh, and and give my thoughts on it too early but it definitely um definitely one of those books where one of those self-help books and i don't really like the word yeah. self-help because it it feels a bit gross yeah but um definitely one of those kind of books where when you finish reading it the world looks a little different and like your perception of how you feel about things is slightly altered and you're like ah, oh, that book actually had an effect on me yeah so my experience with with it was very different i just through the amount of time that that i have in any given week and this is this is resistance, so we'll, it will yeah. come up. But I've got a fair bit on, and I really, really, really wanted to read this book. And part of the reason that we opted to do an episode specifically on this is, one, it's it's cool. Two, it talks about some of the stuff that we talk about. But three, also, I knew that if I didn't have a deadline, I wasn't reading it. <laughs> so I was on my deadline this last yeah. night. And the thing is, I didn't just read it. I had the book in front of me. I bought the audiobook 
sound cancelling headphones. Like, I basically had Mr. Pressfield reading it to me while I was reading it, so I knew that I was ingesting it, because it was the only way that I could stop myself from distracting myself. And this entire book is all about resistance and and those things that, when you've got something you really want to do, suddenly there's loads of other things you could be doing. Yeah. Just, just stuff crops up. Um, yeah, so, I, so my relationship with it has been one... You, in, in the Neon Genesis episode, when you said about Rob... And just the way it just went, what? Yeah. What's the sound? Can you, can you give us the... <laughs> I can't remember. I'm sure you can drop it in. I think I might just drop it in. Um, but just sort of, just that instantaneous like, and it's in. I definitely took the uh, the Rob Newhouse version of taking this book on. Yeah. I, th- I think we need to make a, I think we need to make a, like, on podcast term for the immediate ingestion of information. It's, yeah. it's going to have to be some kind of robbing it or doing a new <laughs> ass or something. <laughs> doing a new house. I like that. That's good. Um, but yeah, so I didn't get the same, I didn't get the same continuous nudge and kick. I yeah. got a beating from yeah. this book last night. Um, so where do you want to start with it? Because obviously, I think for people listening, this episode's kind of, it's like the I think even the the Neon Genesis episode was weird, but it was riddled with so many dick jokes that it still felt pretty on brand. Yeah, this is going to be like grown ups for a minute. Yeah, I apologise <coughs> to everyone that we're shilling this book to you. Uh, available from Amazon, printed <laughs> by Amazon in, uh... and the barcode is. Um, I think what would be a good place to start is to read the the foreword. Oh. So the foreword is by Robert McKee. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, Robert McKee is a story consultant. Yeah. Uh, so he's an American gent, and if you want to write a story, you want to know how to write a story, you want to know how to sell a story, Robert McKee's your guy. All of the, uh, a, a lot of the biggest kind of writers, mm-hmm. um, and even upcoming writers as well, no matter kind of where they are in terms of their career, will will go to Robert McKee and his use him as a consultant. They will go to his story seminars. Um, because the guy just so you can get ghost writers for writing no I don't mean I don't mean, <laughs> what no so he uh, yeah so basically he will he will tell you how to write a story yeah um, so is this more about structure or is this more of a in a similar sort of role that a publisher has where they look at what you've already got and they'll deconstruct it I think and, I think yeah. probably more in a structural sense right. and where to avoid kind of pitfalls and where to where to maybe be a bit more creative and where not to kind of lean on standard sort of crutches and things like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he wrote the he wrote the foreword for uh, for this book, which I fucking love, by the way. Yeah. Because as soon as it as soon as it starts, I mean, how much of, how much of this do you think we should actually read, and how much do you think we should encourage other people to read? Because I feel like this is the kind of thing that makes most sense just verbatim. Yeah, I think I'll probably read the first page. First page? First page. Oh, I'm ready for story time. So. Stephen Pressfield wrote The War of Art for me. He undoubtedly wrote it for you too, but I know he did it expressly for me because I hold Olympic records for procrastination. I can procrastinate thinking about my procrastination problem. I can procrastinate dealing with my problem of procrastinating thinking about my procrastination problem. So Pressfield, that devil asked me to write this forward against a deadline, knowing that no matter how much I stalled, eventually I'd have to knuckle down and do the work. The last possible hour, I did, and as I leafed through book one, defining the enemy, I saw myself staring back, guilty-eyed from every page. But then book two gave me a battle plan. 
Book three, A Vision of Victory. And as I closed the war of art, I felt a surge of positive calm. I know now I can win this war, and if I can, so can you. I'm not going to read the rest because there's loads of it. I think that's a pretty solid introduction. Oh, yeah. Like, mostly because I read that as, again... Oh, sorry. I, I read that whilst Mr. Pressfield... Oh, no. Sorry. Let me rephrase it. That's not in the audiobook. So I had to read that all by myself. Oh. Um, but I read that again on the 11th hour. Yeah. So I'm like, this is happening in the morning. We're talking about it tomorrow. And just, <laughs> just hammering me with procrastination. Yeah. And again, for me, I've got all these reasons why I hadn't tended it yep. previously but when you read something like that you start to reevaluate your reasons and if you uh if you scooby do them and just kind of whip the mask <laughs> off they look a lot like excuses yeah it's um it's a very humbling book this um and i think you really have to kind of knock your ego your own ego down a peg um internally because you sort of you get to the end of it and you're like yeah a lot of this was my fault wasn't it like a lot of these hesitations that was, that wasn't outside that was that, that was, was me. me. There's yeah. actually, uh, there's no way I'm going to find it, but um, <laughs> there is a segment specifically about where this sort of stuff comes from. So again, we're going to paraphrase lots of things, but one of the one of the big points in the book is the fact that what you'll face is basically giving a face and a name to what you're coming up against, and it refers to it as resistance. Resistance with a capital R. This is this is what you're facing off against when you're trying to get shit done. Yeah. Um, and there's there's loads of it. I'm just sort of flicking through, looking for a specific page. And as I'm doing so, I'm like, well, that's a good quote. That's a fucking great quote. Um, <laughs> I'm going to read just a little bit whilst you're on the hunt. Cool. Yeah, I think I've got it afterwards. So let's do it back to back. Let's go. Cool. So I'm going to read Resistance Greatest Hits. The following is a list, in no particular order, of those activities that most commonly elicit resistance. Number one, the pursuit of any calling in writing, painting, music, film, dance or any creative art however marginal or unconventional the launching of any entrepreneurial venture or enterprise for profit or otherwise any diet or health regimen any program of spiritual advancement any activity whose aim is tighter abdominals <laughs> any course or program designed to overcome an unwholesome habit or addiction education of every kind and any act of political moral or ethical courage including the decision to change for the better some unworthy pattern of thought or conduct in ourselves the undertaking undertaking of any enterprise or endeavor whose aim is to help others <clears throat> any act that entails commitment of the heart the decision to get married to have a child to weather a rocky patch in a relationship and number 11 the taking of any principled stand in the face of adversity in other words any act that rejects immediate gratification in favor of long-term growth, health, or integrity, or expressed any other way, sorry, or expressed, expressed another way, any act that derives from our higher nature instead of our lower, any of these will elicit resistance. Now, what are the characteristics of resistance? So, an interesting, again, just based on the way that I ingested it, an interesting thing that only really comes up there in the book was it mentioned enterprise entrepreneurship yep. as one of the points and if you go through the book that's not really otherwise present it's talking mostly about the creative process about making your art yeah in the audiobook version every time it mentions being an artist painter it then follows up with so it goes artist painter uh innovator entrepreneur oh really yeah so it's just it's exactly the same content slightly reframed yeah um but it was just interesting because I otherwise I hadn't really picked up on it 
in the words, but in that list there, it was just interesting that it was present, just like yeah. abs, business, and art <sighs> yeah. have the same have the same sort of foes in them or foe singular. Yeah, um, it's it's interesting because having kind of finished this book and sort of digested it fully into my life, not just you know one of those books that's like I can help you quit smoking or I can help you ditch sugar, and at the end of it, you're like. I really want a fact. Yeah. Uh, this is one of those books that like I finished and I was like, okay, I've literally taken everything on board and this has changed my outlook. It's so it's so interesting. It's such a I think I said it a minute ago, like it's such a humbling experience to it almost teaches you to catch yourself on your own bullshit. Yeah. Like you're almost kind of like ba ba da stop it. Yeah. Or start it, should I say. It's interesting you say that because there's, I think we'll come on to it a bit more later on, but the book itself is broken down into three books. There's three clear phases, yeah. like a, like the hero's journey. I think it references the hero's journey at one point, um, talking about sort of, you know, starting the things that get in your way, how to overcome them. Yeah. Book one, two, three. In book three, it references muses and talks about <coughs> angels and God, which... Yeah. It in itself, in an almost throwaway one-liner, says you don't have to think it is something uh, ethereal or mystical. Yeah. You can treat it as more things that arise from within, or th- etc. That was the only point in this book. You say that you took on every word, yeah. But that's the only point where I felt, um, I felt like I was at odds with it. Yeah, I I was surprised that kind of the concept of God came up in this book because it, it was very out the blue it was quite a jarring sort of thing i was like oh what What are you doing here but then i did like the fact that he was like he'd said basically if this isn't your jam you don't have to like you don't have to be a believer in in a higher god to relate to this book because Mm. it was he almost compared a kind of god being as it were to sort of just like the universe yeah. almost like like there is something out there physical or not that is encouraging you and is kind of like feeding drip feeding you this sort of ideas and this inspiration um, and whether you choose to perceive it as a higher kind of being or whether you just choose to think that it's I, I don't know it was yeah I like in terms there was a there was an interview with Mr. Pressfield and a gentleman by the name of Joe Rogan are you aware of this gentleman oh yeah a uh, up, small upcoming uh, podcast I hope, he, I hope he does well yeah me too uh, we should get him on yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, always like to help out uh, smaller creators exactly that exactly that uh, no he's like he was basically in this sort of brief conversation when talking about the muses and talking about where inspiration arises from I th- the way that he was sort of Get posing it there made it seem more like you have to put a name and you have to personify some of these things like why is it that you are stuck in traffic and suddenly you've come up with a symphony yeah. like like where these things come from and he talks a lot about wanting to demystify these things but at the same time you have to give them titles you have to give them things so they're not just sort of a vague feeling and again that kind of comes back to resistance with a capital r all the way through this book yeah sort of creating this 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 enemy um mentioned a little bit before then about sort of where resistance comes from and about it being internal found the the quote that i just wanted to 
want to say I also one thing I will say about this book is I love the way that it's laid out yeah so you've got stints but then there's also if you just need something you can just whack on a t-shirt yeah it's really really good like um, I think one thing that a lot of people find difficult is digesting sort of I, I can't find a better word than self-help books yeah. but self-development books is probably what I'm after um, because as soon as you open it up you're being fed 10,000 words by a total stranger yeah and by page six you're like I, I don't really care yeah um whereas in this there is you know you'll turn a page it will have a headline that jumps out to you and then 10 words and you're like <gasps> oh my yeah. god um, but then there is there is you know chapters that are 30 40 pages long like it's it's a nice kind of balance yeah. um and i think that's probably why i digested this so well because it is like there are there are bits where you sort of knuck, need to knuckle down and concentrate but then there are bits where you can kind of just kick your feet up and be like Oh, cool! I read a page. Yeah. It's, it's, it's sprinkled with jokes, but it's also again sort of paced in such a way that it remains engaging. I was at a, like a conference the other day, and there was this uh, speaker that was talking about the fact that basically every ten minutes, I'm gonna do something that engages you as individuals to keep you on your toes. Because if you are listening or ingesting information for more than ten minutes at a go, you've stopped. You are just <laughs> you are just present for it happening, yeah. but you're not taking it on board. Um, and apparently you have to repeat things seven times for it to go in. That's another weird factoid. Yeah, like, if you want to convey information, you've got to repackage it, repurpose it, and basically say exactly the same fucking thing <laughs> seven times before people are like, I will remember that now. Nice. Otherwise, I was going to throw that away. It's seven times, John. Seven, seven times. times. Yeah, because if you don't repeat or re-ingest the same thing seven times, then, uh, then it's not going in. So my advice to you... Get those seven times in, yeah. and then people remember it after the seventh time. Thanks, man. Um, the quote about where resistance comes from is, uh, resistance is internal. That's it. <laughs> um, resistance seems to come from outside ourselves. We locate it in spouses, jobs, bosses, kids, peripheral opponents, as Pat Riley used to say when he coached the Los Angeles Lakers. Resistance is not a peripheral opponent. Opponent? Opponent. Uh, resistance arises from within. It's self-generated and self-perpetuated. Resistance is the enemy within. Ooh. Ooh that's, yeah, that's something, that's something you got to... <clears throat> yeah. Um, a lot A lot of... I like the way that this, this whole book from start to finish pulls from lots of different sources. Yep. Sometimes it references contemporary things. Sometimes it references Greek mythology. Sometimes it references other mythologies. Sometimes it talks about religion and Christianity. And I like the fact that it crosses all of those kind of boundaries. Yeah. Um, and obviously, Greek mythology is one of the big things that, that comes up the most. Um, I'm just going to read another page. It's a bit of a long one, so bear with me. Um, but the, the title of this page is Resistance is Most Powerful at the Finish Line, which I thought was quite an interesting concept, but I sort of get it. Yeah. Um, so, um, Odysseus almost got home years after his actual homecoming. Ithaca was in sight, close enough that the sailors could see the smoke of their family's fires on shore. Odysseus was so certain he was safe, he actually lay down for a snooze. It was then that his men, believing there was gold in an ox-hide sack among their commander's possessions, snatched this prize and cut it open. The bag contained the adverse winds which King Aeolus had bottled up for Odysseus when the wanderer had touched earlier at his blessed isle. You'll have to excuse my... Uh, my lack of uh, flavour in poetry, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm digging it, I'm here. 
The winds burst forth now in one mad blow, driving Odysseus' ships back across every league of ocean they had with such difficulty traversed, making him endure further trials and sufferings before at last and alone he reached home for good. The danger is greatest when the finish line is in sight. At this point, resistance knows we're about to beat it. It hits the panic button. It marshals one last assault and slams us with everything it's got. The professional must be alert for this counterattack. Beware at the end. Don't open that bag of wind. I thought was a brilliant, brilliant end line. But I, li I, I like that because it's one of those things where if you don't recognize it, every, every anxious thought, every panicked concept, every idea of failure will hit you at 100 miles an hour. Yeah. So if you're, you see it all the time, people that stay in jobs that make them utterly miserable because something might go wrong. Yeah. And they're at the point where they're, they get, yeah, I'm going to tell my boss, this is it. Tomorrow I'm going to go any in. Any second now. Yeah. And, but then, you know, you wake up in the morning, you're ready to go, you get into the office and you think, but like, the pay's not like that bad. Yeah. And like... It's working. Yeah. Like, like it's, and, you know, I'm fed. So, yeah, like it's all yeah. good. Like I'm, yeah, I, I think it's okay. Like may, maybe, uh, maybe it's not too bad. Maybe yeah, I'll just... What I'll do, I'll write it out for a bit more so that I can be ready when it comes time to, <laughs> you know, because I'm going to pursue my dream, but I just need to, you know, get myself in the right spot. You know, you have to be in the right spot. Otherwise yeah. it's impossible. And uh, what do they say? Like the perfect moment never comes. Yeah. Like you just, you just have to do it. And yeah. that's, that's a lot. We Like there's been multiple times on the show where we've talked to people and we've talked about ourselves about when you've got something ready, good to go, it's releasing it. It's yeah. getting it out there that's the tough bit. That's the finish line. That's what that looks like. Yeah. It's that you're done, you've completed it, you've sat down, you've done your work. Now get it out there. But that goddamn windy bag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um, yeah, there's... I'll let, I'll let you, you jump onto your next bit. Well, no, I think I think there's plenty in there. The only thing I was going to say was, obviously... Greek mythology was referenced. You've got a, a, a sprinkling of religion. You've got sports for, for Mr. Riley himself and the LA Lakers. Um, but you've also got film. And, and like, it's just, it draws from so many different places that I think the chances of this book getting its hooks into you through, um, not so much through empathy, but through, like, shared interests more than just wanting to get over the line. Yeah. Um, I think it's very smart in that sense. I think it is the case that it's palatable, but also it's relatable because it's real and it's not afraid of being like, I got this bit from a film. Yeah. We, because that's, I think, a lot of the inspirational stuff you get yeah. from the actual media you're ingesting. And I'll be honest, I don't read that many sonnets. So, <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, it's... Um, <clears throat> yeah, without a doubt, one of the best books I've I've ever read. And I don't, I don't often say that because I think... Um, I think anyone can put an inspirational quote on the cover of a book, pull a few hundred lines of other people's work off the internet, make a few cliched kind of comments and pump it out as a self-help book. And it's like... Speaking of, when is the new Animus book coming out? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> um, but this this is one of those things where it really... I, it's the first time I finished a book and I just want to mass print it and hand it to everyone I ever meet. Again, I've, I've got to go back to the Joe Rogan bit because what he was saying was he has a stack of these things and basically whenever he's got any comedians that come in that ain't writing their fucking jokes, he yeah, just throws it at them. Just that. like, yeah. Which, again, just... I put out a story with the last page on this last night yeah. um, and I got one comment back which was from Sai, which was just, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. It was interesting though, like I, 
obviously you do something like it's like going to the gym if you don't put it on social media did you even fucking do it <laughs> I, I put out a story with it and i got that feedback back i put out a post that was exactly the same but with a basically like how i was feeling in life just in, i basically gave an overview of like this was the book summarized it was like i said the final page and underneath i was talking about where i'm at right now that everything feels like it's at the 11th hour yeah and like zero engagement and i thought that was really weird i just sort of like it's it, i think it's strange to get nothing like i'm not my social media isn't fucking popping yeah but it was weird that it almost felt like everyone was like uh not touching that today <laughs> um yeah I just, it's, it's, it's like sticking with me today. I'm just a bit like, what? Why is that? Yeah. I might have to look at what I said later on in the, in the episode. Yeah, sorry. I was just, uh, I was hunting through my story archive to see um, what I'd posted of this book that mm. had, no, knowing that whatever I posted would have been whatever jumped out the most to me. Yeah. Um, but I will, I will let you continue and then I will get to my next bit. Cause my, the next thing I want to talk about is a bit of a, bit of a veer off um from from our current current topics so I'll... okay well I, I, to be honest, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna veer anyway because the page that i've opened was just one that i really fucking like and i it might actually be in my like voice reel for very cool because i'd like although although i hadn't sat down with this book properly i had made a couple of dents in it i'd sort of gone through and just seen what bits kind of resonated with me um yeah you happy for me to read a bit about resistance and self-doubt are we open on the same page it just it just leaps out so self-doubt can be an ally this is because it serves as an indicator of aspiration it reflects love love of something we dream of doing and desire desire to do it if you find yourself asking yourself and your friends am i really a writer am i really an artist chances are you are the counterfeit innovator is wildly self-confident the real one is scared to death just oof 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 chills that it, it is mad that we've had like there's 165 pages yeah. here and we've landed on the same one yeah how did that how did that reading that first time what was your instant like reaction and feeling to that it's bang on because all the time people creatives will have that moment where they're like i don't know man like it might not be as me as i thought it was yeah but you go to work every day and rarely question it. Yeah. Like, and people stay in... Again, that's in here yeah, as well. People stay in relationships and watch sports teams and eat food without questioning it because they're just like, well, I guess that's the, that's right. That's just normal. Yeah. Whereas the stuff that really hits you inside, and I'm pointing at my chest for the audio listeners, the only <laughs> listeners. No, I'm listening. <laughs> um, yeah, it... Yeah, it, I had that kind of like, again, and this book does it a lot to me, that kind of light bulb moment when yeah. I finished that short page. And I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. I would say this book is fantastic. But if you ingested a single, a single sheet, that's the one. Yeah. Like if you are, if you are wrestling with whether or not you should be who you think you should be or whether or not you should be nailing that nine to five. Yeah. The fact that you are wrestling with it says you have some work to do yeah there is a reason that question is in your head that yeah. is not that is not a fleeting thought like if that is something that you are you know you're on the edge of making that decision of, of taking that leap or you know kind of pulling that u-turn whatever it is like there's probably a reason there's yeah. probably a reason um 
uh, the the other the other page the page before it was the, my next kind of topic so i'll let well, you no 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 I'm, I'm like again the only thing i'd say on that is just the fact you mentioned about work there's a bit in here about the fact that talking about amateurs versus professionals and yeah. again we'll come on to it later on but this idea that well you don't doubt yourself when you when you are doing your nine to five yeah. you're just cracking on and doing the hurdles aren't there yeah. because you haven't invented them for yourself exactly um yeah yeah i i'm like i like this book <laughs> <laughs> yeah please please give me a reading i'm uh this is this is this is it this is the neon genesis isn't it this yeah. is the, the the new gospel <laughs> so um so this is a little bit different, but it's something that I, I've kind of picked up myself as I've got older, and having found it in this book, mm -hmm. I thought I was like, yes, I'm I'm onto something, and this isn't a call out to anyone directly or to any type of person, but there is a section in here called resistance and criticism. If you find yourself criticizing other people, you're probably doing it out of resistance. When we see others beginning to live their authentic selves, it drives us crazy if we've not lived out our own. Individuals who are realized in their own lives almost never criticize others. If they speak at all, it is to offer encouragement. Watch yourself. Of all the manifestations of resistance, most only harm ourselves. Criticism and cruelty harm others as well. I thought that was very interesting because you rarely see, exactly as it says here, the kind of people that sort of spit venom yeah. and are you know particularly unkind outwardly are rarely happy inside and you have to especially i think this this comes up on a on a future episode but you mm. have to take outside negativity with a pinch of salt because a lot of the time it is people projecting yeah and i think a lot of our own resistance can come from other people like we think we've got an idea we reach out to someone for feedback and they knock us down a peg and we're like Oh, maybe I shouldn't do that thing. Maybe I shouldn't write the book. Maybe I shouldn't join that sports team. Maybe I shouldn't, you know, mm -hmm. whatever it is. Um, and a lot of times that is people who are in exactly the same spot and just for whatever reason almost project outwardly that they don't they don't want you to go and be successful yeah. because then what about them? And and it's never deliberate. Most of the time it's never deliberate. Like most very few people would outwardly sabotage someone they cared about a friend family work like colleague whatever but i think it just happens naturally when you when you feel stuck when you feel like you're not the truest version of yourself and someone says oh i'm gonna move to la and be an actor or i'm gonna join the gym and, and lose 100 pounds that kind of like panic sets in you're like well well you shouldn't do that because what about this? Yeah, what about that? Because we we have the same hundred pounds. That's yeah. our thing in common. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just uh, I just think. Yeah, it, it was one of those things where I've always kind of, as I've got older, picked up on you start to learn the types of people that will project that way. Yeah. And then finding it in this book, I was like, thank you. Cool. Again, it's it's putting it's putting names and words and just putting a face to some of these things that you bump into in day-to-day -day life it's actually i don't want to like i never really want to talk about work and i really don't want to talk about it on the show but it's something that came up recently at work where somebody was doing exactly that they were negatively projecting outwards they were trying to bring people down a few pegs to try and elevate their own status yeah. and to ensure that everybody stays in the same patch of mud together and I've, what I found strange was my own reaction to it 
where normally I, as best possible I'm a you do you kind of person yeah. but it just this wasn't affecting me directly but it was just bubbling something up inside me where I'm like yeah. why the fuck are you like this yeah and I think it's because we've cultivated such a fantastic friendship group that we don't encounter this as often as other people might yeah um which is a, a blessed position to be in. I'm not going to fuck around. Like that's that's a a mixture of day by day steps and decisions, and also a bit of luck and a bit of fortune, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I would say it's something to seriously take into consideration is maybe take stock of the people you've got around you, not just take not just sort of take ownership and responsibility for what you're saying and what you're doing and how you're encouraging or discouraging others, but also who are you surrounding yourself with? This seems like such a basic thing that has been covered a thousand times before, but are the people you're around elevating you or are they keeping you in the mud? Yeah, there's a, a quote and I, I don't know who said it. I, I believe it was a rapper, but I don't know who. But, and the Let's quote, just say it's T-Pain. <laughs> That's a callback joke. <laughs> <laughs> wow. OG. Um, if the people in your circle aren't contributing to your growth, then you're not in a circle, you're in a cage. Straight. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's been. uh, Yeah. I don't. uh, It was um, uh, the rapper Nipsey Hussle, who I believe died recently. Right. Um, I've seen it attributed to him. I don't know if it if it was him. Um, but it's so true, and a lot of people, again, that kind of fear and that resistance kicks in. They don't step away from their friend circles they don't confront those kind of people because well why would you because they're my friends and what will i yeah what would i do without my friends and it's like yeah but if they're if they're the kind of people that just spend their whole time just chatting mean mean things about other people and they're being poisonous and they're being negative and they're happy where they are yeah but you're not you're not you're not going to progress and sometimes you do have to have those difficult conversations where it's like i think i can do better than this and it is it is a little bit it may well come across a little bit selfish but it's not you're not being mean you're just putting you first yeah um and yeah that again like just to see just to see it kind of crop up in this book i was like yeah yeah because i think i obviously you said like having a social circle the way we do like we are very blessed um and i think anytime either of us like you and me specifically have made any kind of like mad life choices or have voiced something that we wanted to do it's always been nothing but like fuck yeah man yeah like continue yeah um i and i i personally not to i don't it sounds like i'm trying to be like a super white knight here but like i could never imagine myself like you coming to me and be like hey man i want to do this thing and we'd be like oh dude you shouldn't do that like no nah, just stay just stay <laughs> yeah, where you yeah, are yeah, man. No, you're cool yeah, yeah like fuck that like what you always want your friends to do better like, yeah. why would you not and the thing is as well like if you're surrounded by people who succeed you're going to be chasing them. Yeah. Like that's, that's to me, that's the best kind of people to have around you are people who are doing way fucking better than yeah. you are. So you could be like, yo, I want some of that. And you start to see, you start to see paths. Obviously, if the, like, the, the, this is the fucking reignite lyrics, <laughs> but like, you know, if there isn't a path, go fucking make one. Just, yeah. just go do. But if your friends are already sort of blazing a trail that you want to go down, <laughs> do, just do. Yeah. Like, Plus, as well, every journey is like fun with friends around. That's hundred yeah, percent. Yeah, um, yeah, and like, 
I don't know. Yeah, I think I think what you said. Just take stock of your like circle, mm. and just you know, you don't have to be you don't have to be nasty about it. You don't have to be outwardly aggressive to anyone. Yeah. But just keep an eye on the kind of people and and the reactions you get when you do voice you know your kind of inner self. You know, when you do tell your pals that you want to start a band, or I want to be I want to be a singer. I want to I want to join an art class. I want to yeah. move to New York. Like whatever mad ideas you have, just watch the reactions. Yeah. And like some, you know, sometimes it might be like, oh, I'm, I want to move away. And your friend's like, oh no, I'm really sad about that. We've, we've had exactly that, like Johnny. Yeah. Like c- cut like a fucking knife. Like <laughs> it was just, it like the, the day it was like, I really quite like this girl. I really, I really want to live my best life. And part of that means one being with her, but also two seeing more of this world. And although every single one of us probably went home and, and had a little cry <laughs> in the interim we were just like yo that's fucking great yeah. that's amazing you better be back soon or you're gonna find you we're gonna be the fuck out of you um but until then yeah but even in those moments although from a very selfish viewpoint i, I miss seeing johnny every week man yeah. loving the pieces but i am still absolutely stoked that he is living his best life um 100%. yeah when's he coming back Wow. <laughs> actually not to deviate for too long but we're talking about our friends talking about our circle obviously we're on the internet talk show can we do that thing that we've done before where we talk about our friends specifically and say yo it's crack on time yeah, time to do, do some shit right and he's got some shit to do because i'm really pleased with the progress that rob's making yeah he's like fucking amazing yeah. like he's 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 always at the forefront of my mind because i think when you initially introduced him to kind of i guess this show more than me but it was almost like to, to, to my mind it sounded like you had this like incredibly creative person just locked in a back room so much like yeah. hey if, uh, if we need some stuff i know a guy <laughs> but now we get to talk more about his music now we get to talk more about things that he's doing and the other day i was like hey i want a song to put in and I think you said something like, uh, I'm not sure about any of the current ones, but when the new one comes out, it's yeah. like, yes. <laughs> um, I still want more. I'm always going to want more. So Rob, keep on your hustle, man. But I, I love what you're doing. Yeah, I had a, a text this morning from a buddy of mine. Um, just talking about the show and basically, let me read the, read the text out. Because it, it mentions Rob by name. Woo! So it said... Can I say that I fucking love that new house music is inspired, apparently, by Gilmore Girls. It's made my Saturday morning. And I was just like, <laughs> that's amazing. I love the fact that someone who someone who has no connection yeah. now now listens to that, listens to his music. That's yeah, yeah, so yeah. fucking cool. Fucking love that. Yeah. Um, obviously, like last night you were at a Ruiner gig. Earlier on in, in season one, it was sort of like Harvey's like, yeah, man, I'm born, I'm going to do some <laughs> Yeah. Um, crushing it, touring it, doing it. Yeah. Um, yeah, which is cool. More, just more. Like, I love the fact that it's transitioned from like, hey, go do it, to go do more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at the Ruiner thing, like, is... is an awesome manifestation of everything we talk about. Yeah. It was like Harvey is a an absolute like all round musician. Do plays everything. Yeah. Like there's not a fucking instrument that dude doesn't like crush. Yeah. Um. And he decided he wanted to be at the front, which was a new thing mm-hmm. and it's a scary thing for anyone who's never done it before. Um. And the response has just been mental. Has been nuts. Yeah. Like. 
people are loving it um I felt like the the first show was packed the response to the the single and the video and everything's been like huge mm -hmm. and it's like had he stayed in his lane and stayed as a drummer or stayed as a bass player he never would have had this moment yeah and like it's just started and it's it's so cool to see yeah. that because again like you told a drummer to be like hey man you should uh, go front of band and write everything yourself and everything's on you all the responsibility is on you you like yeah. uh, uh no <laughs> yeah. probably not that but he did it and yeah he's yeah. just crushing it and it's fucking it's so cool because it is it is as black and white as that as if you literally just run at the thing you love at 100 miles an hour and just put everything you've got into it yeah you'll succeed it's it's the flash mob mentality if you start running and people are like what, what, what are you running to okay let's <laughs> <Yeah>. go <laughs> um yes loving that also loving jonesy's continuing to to cross i'm just gonna like i'm just going yeah. to the people we've had on but yeah like jonesy the fact that his his new website's now up alexjones.io it's so oh, it's so nice that is beautiful. Yeah, yeah, go check out what Jones he's up to. Um, I shared a shot of his. Uh, he he'd taken some uh, some photos in like a gym slash fitness center, and then I can't remember what the quote was. But he had this dope shot of like a guy in a rowing machine, and then above him was this giant quote. Oh uh, yeah. And I was just like, oh, everything about this is perfect. It's yeah. so good. The boy knows his craft, and again, doing more and more to advertise it to push towards his his goal of making this the day job. Yeah. Uh, David Litchfield we had on it was already it was the day job has been for quite some time but I saw I saw the other day that he had his um, like a, a few scenes from a few of his books turned into like a pop-up experience unreal so, yeah, so his art was actually something physical that that kids can just sort of walk around and engage with ah amazing <laughs> yeah right um, more people who, who have things coming Emma Rogers dear come on now she's actually <laughs> she's actually put out her first episode of her comic on something called webtoon which is like a it's got a lot of manhwa on it so it's like a korean i think it's korean manga like basically like comic book in a japanese style um that's available that's out there you can check it out uh i think it's uh adventures of death plan death plan yeah. yeah um yeah go check it out but again she's she's putting stuff out there i've still got my buddy sean from work who needs to be doing more <laughs> i haven't seen the art from you in a while buddy and i've got another mate from from work uh, i don't know if i should call him jordan or jdz but he's like <laughs> he's like honestly one of the most talented certainly the most talented rapper i've ever met so i would like more stuff from him i don't think he's gonna hear this but just if he does bruh please please for me please we've got so many people doing so many cool things the fact that Sai reacted to to that post says to me that he's got more in him crushing the podcast yeah it's just that they're doing way better than we are and i'm loving hearing it but i just feel like i want to see more from him i don't think he's got any more time in the day but just like invent a bit of time travel make yeah. more and happen. Like, if there's anyone i know that like puts it all out there it's that guy yeah. like there's not a fucking medium that guy's not got something yes, on absolutely um continuously crushing it yeah uh ricky ricky, ricky chambers oh my god boy yeah, yeah ricky chambers man uh so ricky as long as i've known him has always been a visual artist like yeah. it's always been like a secondary thing he's as far as i've known him he's always been a guitarist and a bass player mm -hmm. um yeah did you pick up a camera like not only crushing the like visual like the the actual image manipulation the yeah. digital design yeah. side dude just picked up a camera just, just um, i love just that start, i love that passing. so much yeah yeah, yeah. Oh. but it, but again like from my view from what i've seen it's like he found limitations in in 
he found like a limitation in what he was doing in the fact that he was manipulating these images he was making the art out of it he was creating more but then he needed more of the raw material so rather than being like well what am i gonna do about this like, i'm gonna just go get them too i'm gonna just get everything i'm gonna just make it work yeah shujinku visuals yeah really really fucking good go check out Rocco's stuff mm. um yeah we need to we need to nudge him along long enough so that we can be like it's time now <laughs> welcome to the internet talk show yeah. there's one more person and then we get back to this book there's one more person i want to talk about and that is matty p matty p matty p caught me all the way off guard so my my like wanting to talk a bit on recording stuff <laughs> early early days from it I sort of, when I was very nervously starting to tell people, hey, this is kind of the thing that I would quite like to do. He was like, I, this is this also sounds like something I would enjoy doing as well. And I'd be like, you should do the thing as well. And he was like, yeah. <laughs> um, yesterday, uh, we had band practice. He dropped me home. He showed me that he was watching some clips from a couple of different voice actors. And I was like, dude, are you like, are you back in the game? Uh, and he was like, you know, I'm just thinking about. It. I was like, I like yeah. obviously for me, my like baby steps right now is I'm going through Fiverr. You should download it. And he was like, oh, I don't know, man. I don't think I'm gonna. I'm like, no, dude, honestly, go and get it. He's like, I can't. I'm like, what do you mean you can't? Because I've already signed up. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Um, so I really hope that he's starting to pursue that as well. I would really love again just a buddy for the journey. Like it's super exciting. Yeah. I had a feeling there was something in there because like. Matthew has this obsession with re like reading lyrics poetically. Yeah, yeah, and it was something I picked up. He kept doing. Obviously, he did it a couple of times on the show, and then he did it recently. I can't remember where we were. I don't know. We were at a, like band practice or something. Yeah, but he did it again, exactly the same style, and it something clicked. And I was like, quite good at this. Yeah, I was like, that's a very specific thing for someone to do. And yeah, then yeah. for you to say that, I'm like, there we go. That's, that's why. Yeah, I don't think I don't think he's sort of. I guess come out as a, an aspiring <laughs> voice actor but it's out there now matt We're so yeah yeah i want more i want more i want i want like i say like the idea of competition is amazing and a, and a buddy for the ride and somebody who you can basically somebody you can chase after yeah mr pearson is disgustingly skilled at everything he turns <laughs> his hand to so i would like to have somebody to like share experiences and chase after and yeah, yeah. He's got long legs as well, and I'm getting a bit tubby, so this chasing might be a bit far behind, but like, just wake. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just, oh my God, there's, there's more metaphors there. But yeah, basically, our friends are doing cool stuff. They need this book. And if you've got friends around you that you think have that kind of creative spark, but find themselves maybe in the wrong circles or just a little bit down on themselves, like, be that spark. Like, be that person that's like, no, yeah, dude, like, go do it like be that person because i think us being so loud and arrogant on this show has given people a kick up the ass and i can't can't take any credit for people's creativity god but, no. but we we get to at least be there and like it's the robert diane jr thing i know we talked about it before but he gets to it, he was saying like yeah it's great the mcu is amazing because whenever i'm sort of in a room while somebody else is doing something great then i can just take credit for it like yeah there's no mcu without me i, <laughs> yeah. I love that because we get to again almost just it's almost like we just get the opportunity to narrate other people's successes yeah. through which we're fucking we're amazing yeah, yeah. yeah. animus podcasts us. yeah exactly yeah i mean pff, you can thank us later royalties in the in the old post my dude <laughs> um yeah it's just it's, i just love the fact that we get to talk about other people doing cool stuff so that 
if we need to be for anyone else, we can't be their spark. Just by vicariously talking yeah. about what our friends are doing. Because we ain't got that much on. <laughs> like, we're doing some stuff. <laughs> but our friends are doing a lot, so we get to... Yeah. Those coattails are long, and they're fun, <laughs> and it's an enjoyable ride. Yes. Um, so jumping straight back in, I just got to that bit where you talked about um, amateurs versus professionals. Yeah, and yeah. how... You don't, you don't hesitate to go to work. Whether you hate your job, whether you hate your boss, get up every morning, and most of the time, you get in on time. You do your job, clock out. Give it, you do something that vaguely resembles a day's work. Yeah. Whereas when it comes to sitting down at a typewriter, or lacing up your shoes and going to the gym, mm -hmm. or picking up the paintbrush, every excuse. Oh, it's raining. Yeah. Oh, I'm cold. Oh, I'm not feeling well. Yeah. Oh, I'm broke. Oh, I'm not feeling it today. Like, well, yeah, like if you run out of black ink, painted <laughs> pink, I don't give a shit. Like... There's, there's always going to be there's always going to be those yeah. things there's other there's again this external force going back to that like it comes from within there's going to be there's going to be a million and one reasons not to the only reason to do it is because it's who you're supposed to be yeah I am going to spin it around and, and talk about me for a minute because, oh yeah 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 because I am important yes. um, but anyone that follows me on, on the gram uh, will know that I did a uh, one a day challenge thank you for the inspiration David um Sadly, not as successful as you. That's a shame. Oh. Um, but I did I did the one riff a day challenge being a guitar player. And basically, the challenge was that you would call yourself playing something every day for the month of January. So 31 days. Um, at the time, my uh, my dear other half, uh, Lauren, who's a very, very skilled uh, illustra illustrator, drawer? Drawer, yeah. Picture maker, um, also did the same thing. She did one drawing a day. Yeah. Um, and although I got in my head a lot about it, the challenge, I think just because I've been playing in bands and being a songwriter for so long, came quite naturally to me. Yeah. Um, so, look, some days it was rough. Some days it was like, I really don't want to do this, but I always did it. Yeah. Whereas, not to call her out, but Lauren found it, I think, a little bit more difficult. And because <laughs> drawing is a lot more difficult than just picking up and playing three chords and be like, cool, I did a riff today. I, uh, I wouldn't go that far. I would say, I would say there are different types of skills, but yeah, there are different reasons. There are different forms of resistance. Nice. Yeah. Um, and there was one day where she was just like, I just, I think she was like four pages of like scrunched up paper in, and was like, I can't do it today. And I was like, Well, you can't not. Yeah. And she was like, oh, I'll just do it later. And I was like, No, no, I'm gonna set a timer. So both of us, ten minutes. Yeah. Whatever is whatever you've got on that page at the end of ten minutes, and whatever I've recorded at the end of ten minutes, that's it. We're not yep. gonna we're not gonna continue this. And at the time, I'll have to go back and look at the story. So I think she was like, it was one of my favourite drawings so far, because I had to do something. Yeah. And that's exactly the mentality you want. And that I wrote so much cool stuff because I had to. And I, I don't play guitar a fraction as much as I should do. I I, I should pick it up and and play every day. I'm very blessed to have the skills to play guitar, mm. but I don't because lazy whereas the fact that for 31 days I didn't have a fucking choice in the matter and again for 31 days she didn't have a choice in the matter she had to draw something mm. suddenly you, you start to see this creativity and this inspiration this talent just fucking show up and like the last like you can attest to this the last week of Lauren's drawings just leveled up yeah it was a skill she didn't know she had it's a skill I certainly didn't know she fucking had <laughs> um, yeah and it was she just started drawing these like hyper detailed like manga drawings which is not something she's ever been into and it's like well if you didn't have to do it you wouldn't have done it yeah this has been in you the entire yeah, time exactly you but... didn't suddenly just learn to draw like this is you knew how to do this yeah um and like i 
playing guitar. Like I found a style that I loved through that challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, and I worked on it every single day because I had to, because I didn't have a choice. And it's that mindset. Like if you have to write a book, sitting down at the typewriter is the hardest part. Yeah. Like you know how to fucking type. You know how to use a typewriter. You know how to use a word processor. You know how to, you know, touch type. You know how to tell a story. Yeah. You're just not doing it. That's, and for the most part, that's it. It's like, you know, like most people know exactly how to do what they want to do. They just won't. Yeah. Because they know just as well, if not better, how to come up with reasons not to do it. And that reflects not just... We mentioned the the four word, which was exactly that, about the fact that, fuck, it was on a deadline, I've got to do it. <laughs> but also that Stephen himself goes through some of the writing hurdles that he's been through and exactly the same thing, where like where things are, are looming, you have to get it over the line and maybe it might not be exactly what you thought it was going to be when you started, but it's what it needed to be and what it should have been the entire time. Um, I think he was saying that there was a bit in there about the fact that he was trying to create something for, I think his publisher or I think it was his publisher, but it was supposed to be a like a film script. What it actually turned into out being was a uh, was a self-improvement book about golf. <laughs> because that's what it needed to be. That was the thing that he had in him and he, and he had to get out. And I like that. I like the fact that if it is the case you're doing a 30 day, say you're doing a 30 day guitar challenge and on the third day you're like, this has to be played on the harp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then, it has to be played on the harp. That's yeah. yeah. And again, I think when Lauren started, she had ideas. Of, I, some of that I think is quite regular is this idea of like proper art, yeah. um, which oftentimes is like uh, either hyper realistic or it's um, it's stencil true to form kind of things. Um, and obviously, it, it, it turned out some of it turned out in more of a manga style, which is not necessarily it is fucking art it's real art <laughs> fuck you if you think otherwise but but to some people's minds it won't be but i actually challenge you if you were to think of any any truly inspirational art, artist who's sort of who's transcended time itself there'll be something stylistically that is just them that makes it so that their peers of the time will be like, well, that's not proper art. <laughs> yeah. Even sort of your incredibly hyper-realistic artists like like Monet, again, there's such a, a long and in-depth conversation about how the colour tones shifted over time and how it's not necessarily how you'd see it because of what's happening with his eyesight and things like that. Things that would traditionally make it wrong, question yeah. mark, which makes it the, the standout, sort of meaningful, important, Peace and legacy. Oof. Oof. Nice. Um, um, so much I want to cover. I know we can't, we can't run away with this episode, but... <laughs> Too late. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. Um, I just, I just encourage anyone, anyone that feels like there is something in them that requires them to just do something that the whole world won't understand. Yeah. That will get the raised eyebrows and the question marks and the what do you mean yeah. just just do it like just honestly pick up this book or just borrow it from one of us yep. um give it a read and you'll start to you'll start to understand how resistance manifests itself and we actually haven't spoken about the actual idea of resistance manifesting itself because yeah. it's excuses it's every excuse under the sun like yep. i say like you know uh, I want to go to the gym today, but it's raining. Okay, well, that rain and going to the gym have nothing to do with each other. How the hell could I write a book? I've got a kid. Yeah, right? Uh, but, but, but what? what? Uh, uh, oh. 
Wait, is that, is that, <laughs> literally there's no water out there that has ever... Yeah, hmm. yeah it's, uh, you know, if you... <laughs> It just doesn't make any sense, um, but we we think these excuses are okay. It's like oh, I had a long week, so like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna yeah. pick up the pen tonight. I'm just gonna. Like, well, Next week should be clear anyway. There's, there's a there's a bit in here which you basically about. I, th- I think the phrase is something like, "In golf, the field is only level in heaven." It's talking about the fact that oh, I did the swing perfectly, but the wind carried it. Yeah. It's like yeah, you're fucking outside, dickheads. <laughs> In uh, in uh, like I work in IT. In IT terms, it's referred to as a green field, something that is completely like it's clean. Don't worry about it. There's no variables at play. This is it. <laughs> Even when you're controlling the environment, it's not very regular. Yeah, there are var- variables at play. Updates you weren't expecting. Changes to the way that external interfaces work. That's from a technical point. It's something that you just accept and understand. But yet, when it comes to creativity, it's like, well, no, no, hang on, no. This paper was absorbing the ink a bit too much. <laughs> Like, yeah, the field is only level or, or I think it is something like the field is only level in heaven. And I get that. It also talks about the fact that, oh, Willow, uh, it also talks about the fact that athletes, the fact that they have to play her, the fact that, you know, you don't just be like, oh, I've got to feel 100% fresh. Otherwise, how am I supposed to? Like, no. Yeah, that was, um, I think that was, obviously, there's been lots of, uh, lots of stories and lots of inspirational kind of tales from Kobe at the moment mm-hmm. um, who obviously at the height of his career was one of the best athletes this world has ever seen um, and a lot of people said that like one of his skills and it's not there's a totally different conversation to whether or not this is a good thing mm-hmm. but his ability to play her yeah. was just on another level he knew that he had to perform mm-hmm. and it's the same thing like you have to just check yourself when you're bullshit and obviously don't run on a broken ankle don't play guitar, you know, if, you're, if your hand's hanging off, obviously. Mm. You know, if you're riddled with the flu, maybe don't go out for a run. But most of the excuses, if you're coming up with them in, in your head, then it's not actually a, a hurdle. It's something that you've decided, then it's a bullshit excuse. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, a lot of people, like obviously in, in, in 2020, ac- accessibility to creative platforms and to creative things and products is easier than ever yeah this podcast proves that a lot of people think that they need stuff to get started i am i am the most fucking guilty of this yes um you know if you if you want to be a guitarist you want to be a keyboard player you want to learn an instrument you don't need the best equipment in the world you just need that piece of equipment yeah that's it whether your guitar costs a tenner and you found it in a charity shop with three strings or it costs you a hundred grand and it's a one-off you can learn the guitar. Yeah. Do you want to wait the 10 months it takes to save the grand? Yeah. Or do you want to spend 10 months playing with a 10 pound guitar so you are 10 months in on guitar yeah. when you get your new shiny one? Yeah, we talked about this on the on the fitness, the uh, Let's Get Physical episode. Let's um, get physical. Thanks. Um, we talked about like, don't wait till Monday. Yeah. And it's the same thing. You know, don't wait till January to, to start your diet or to start your running or whatever it is. Like, yeah. just start with what you've got. And if... I think I said it like if you want to start running but you're like dude I don't know where to start just go out for a walk yeah and then if it takes you a week to figure out how to learn to run and some some people do need to learn how to run yeah. that's it's a very difficult thing you're already 7 14 21 days into a routine of that's, that's exactly I'm so glad you went there because it's not just about sort of the one foot in front of the other at that point yeah. it's about having the at this time I get up and I go out exactly yeah um and there's, I'll have to find the chapter, but there is a, there is a part about that where he, um, 
in this where he talks about you have to treat it like a job sometimes yeah. i think he said like at one point he was living in the back of his van um and he had to you know rifle through the rubbish and make sure that he pulled his typewriter out and started and it was like it was like the ritual idea of like well i have to mm-hmm. and it's like well you could wait, wait till everything's better to start writing that book until you've got a nice shiny corner office in, you know penthouse suite in new york or you could just start yeah. you know you can write a story a story with a pencil on the back of a serviette if, if the story really stands out to you um, you know you can hum a melody you can you can keep lyrics in your head you can you know spell it out with fridge magnets whatever it is like you don't need you know it's like in our sense you don't need hundreds of thousands of pounds worth of studio equipment to do what we do yeah or to to make home demos and write music with your friends you don't need that you can you can do it with nothing yeah and and moreover i mean there there are very few people out there that aren't walking around with some flavor of smartphone in their pocket yeah. that swiss army knife of technology if you if you want to write a book yeah your thumbs might get tired but you could <laughs> tap it out if you're writing a song and it needs to start i would say i would say probably every songwriter you know has we talked about our voice notes before that yeah. we've got listening to phineas who's like doing production grammy award winning production yeah the notes that are on his phone that he's just hummed in this this you doesn't need to be high fidelity audio it's just about being like well this is what i have on me now yeah. the best camera in the world is the one that you have on you yeah. the the best typewriter the best tools are the ones that you have available to you start today yeah and you um you i, I think if, if you want to be the best in the world and a lot of people have that thing where it's like I want to you know if I want to be an athlete then I want to be the best athlete yep. if I want to be a model then I want to be you know the highest paid most famous model and it's like well if you can't do it on a budget you're probably not going to be it. nothing very little is going to change in seven figures time yeah you know if you're if you want to be a model mm. and you can't you can't look good on a Polaroid like 100 grand lens might not change that you need to learn how to do it now I'm going to invoke the best wisdom for the second time in this episode. <laughs> I need you to cast your mind back. Let me know if you recognize the quote. It's, if you're nothing without this suit, then you don't deserve it. Oof. Uh, Guy Ritchie on Joe no, Rogan? No, it no. is. It is Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh, <laughs> very different. Um, and it's and it's just about the fact that, yeah, if you're nothing without the super suit, then it's the super suit. It's not you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I was watching a three-time Grammy Award winner winner talk about Phineas and Billy and the fact that it was recorded in their bedroom for uh, whichever, whichever, I I assume it's uh, when we fall asleep, where do we go? Um, The fact that it was recorded, oh God. When we all fall asleep. When we all fall asleep. Oh, is this, are we back to Neon Genesis for the third time this episode? Sick. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so, but. But this was a another uh, recording engineer basically saying he was asked a question like, "What do you think about the fact that they just won a Grammy for something that they did out of their bedroom?" And his response was very much, "Fuck you, <laughs> it's great." <laughs> yeah. yeah, just because they're not using an analog desk, who gives yeah. a shit? Like twenty years ago, that might have meant something to someone, but today it's it's about what you make, yeah, not the tools that you used to make it. A hundred percent. It's the fucking like. I hope that. Just, just keep it on topic. I hope that their success opens up the door to more people to, to do stuff like this yeah. because 
it, it, I, I love the fact that it's literally just shattered this kind of bullshit concept that if you're not rich and famous already, you'll never then be at that it, level. Like, yeah. It's just a click that you can never be a part of. Um, and, and I've got quite into, into Phineas's work and, and his kind of ideas and, and him as a person. Um, and most of his solo EP, which is one of my favorite new records of, I, of the last, I don't know how many years, I love every second of it. Yeah was mostly written and recorded in hotel rooms and yep. at the back of a tour bus with a laptop and a single microphone. And it's like, you could go out now with the spare cash in your pocket and pick up like secondhand, mm -hmm. base, like basic stuff to make a Grammy award-winning album. Yep. It's what's up here and I'm tapping my head that counts and, and in your heart. Like you don't need oh my god it's so, it's so accessible it's almost unreal like yeah. so, sometimes you're almost like that's that can't be any good that's I don't that's understand impossible yeah yeah like just talking about musical equipment when we were coming up mm. there was a recording interface a digital rack unit mm. called uh, the pod that goddamn pod that goddamn, <laughs> goddamn pod and it initially looked like a kidney bean but then they made like a rack version of it and at the time that was like as high end digital equipment as you could ever possibly get yeah i picked one up for 60 quid secondhand a few months back uh-huh that just sits upstairs that's just that's just there Something now you have yeah yep. there i i know albums that were recorded using that thing yep. like you you again you don't need you don't need a hundred grand worth of of high-end preamps and tube amps and expensive stuff to make great art like the song's good the song's good and yep. again if you hand a publisher a book that was scribbled out on a notepad like okay maybe there'll be people like oh <laughs> to read this with my eyes um but if the story's good man the story's good if yeah. the characters stand out the characters stand out again like <clears throat> um one thing you see which is quite interesting and um, i've been kind of learning more about sort of the the fashion world and the kind of the ideas behind sort of high-end elite kind of like fashion and modeling at the moment sees devil wears prada once and here we go it's great <laughs> um and a lot of those kind of agencies will just ask for a plain picture of your face in natural sunlight no photoshop no makeup no no fancy lenses like take on a camera phone if you want doesn't matter yeah and i love the fact that there's this world that seems so unaccessible and they're like well if you can't look good with no no makeup on in, in natural lighting and no photoshop then no nothing else is going to help you like if you can't do this bit now you can't do the rest of it yeah um and again i think a lot of people think that as soon as they get you know the camera or as soon as they get photoshop or as soon as they pick up the you know the boutique guitar that's handmade then th then i'll be good and it's like yeah. well no dude start start today be good learn how to be good today yeah i also love the fact that the the modeling world is so different from what it used to be it used to be like hey eat uh so your diet for the next few weeks is um have you tried air? <laughs> it's great for you. Okay. Yeah. Less than that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah like, like, tiny little panic break. Like, <laughs> yeah. But actually down to, down to modeling, a lot of it isn't necessarily even just sort of the body that you've been graced with. <laughs> a lot of it's attitude, fierceness and things that can be captured. Yeah. Well, ex exactly <laughs> that. Um, but, but these are things that you can pick up just as well on your like on your smartphone yeah. as you can with a 1DX Mark II. Yeah. Like this is, it's 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 your soul, it's the real you. No, but like the, the biggest and most useful tool in your arsenal is yourself. 
skill you up, get the XP in, level up, yeah, do easy. that. It doesn't, like, I've never started a video game with that end game weapon. It's <laughs> never happened. I like that. Um, kind of say what you like about them, but Apple, I know they're not everyone's favorite tech brand, but um, obviously they've been trying to kind of compete with other smartphone cameras lately. And they started this this kind of advertising camp, this sort of marketing campaign called Shot with iPhone. Yeah. And I'm not going to get into the details of which smartphone has a better camera, but presently the highest megapixel count is the Samsung S20 Ultra, but megapixels count for fuck all. It's color science. That's what's really important. You have to think about the way that these pixels are blended. Okay, you can have thousands. Continue, John. Oh, <laughs> please drop in a laugh track. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that just loops. Yeah. Um, and I love the fact that they have these huge sets and these images that are set up and lit and then they're shot on something that most people will keep in their pocket. Yeah. And I like that because yeah, all right, there's you know, there's lots of stuff happening initially. But but if you again, like you can't you can't get a good photo or you can't see a good photo using just your, your eyes and whatever camera you have on you. Yeah. All the fancy lenses in the world won't help. Well, the thing is, you, we're talking about lighting. This is like a, a an off-topic thing, but a lot of times you can buy a £2,000 ARRI light. So it'll be amazing. It'll have all the settings you want, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But if you take another phone, turn on the torch, use like a white wall as a bounce board, or use like, um, use like general things around you have... It's general things you have in your kitchen as, as diffuser, like baking paper and stuff. Like, like you, can, you can create these things without spending the thousands. It's the theory and understanding why the shot looks good yeah. is more important than like light coming from a thousand pound bulb <laughs> and a light coming from your phone. To your eye, you probably won't know the difference. Yeah. <laughs> right? Um, yeah, and uh, it's, it's, ne- it's one of those things where like it's never been easier, but it's also like people find it so much more difficult like to, to, to kind of be a, be a creative and to kind of get over those initial hurdles but like you say like if you've you've got any apple smartphone um from the last i don't know how many years it's gonna have garage band on it yep so that's shit free yeah that is you can just have that yep that is a digital audio workstation that you can just use yep and if you really wanted to put music out using it you can do that that's that's something you can just have this podcast has gone from being made on anchor to still being uploaded by Anchor, which free by the way, to being recorded on GarageBand, which free by the way. Um, and and in that there are, if you want to be an EDM artist, mm-hmm. you've got everything you need in your initial toolbox to learn how to do that. Yeah. If you want to be a singer songwriter, you can play in on your crappy cheap secondhand guitar. Yeah. And then you can sing in using the microphone on your phone. And if that's how you write an album's worth of songs. You can do that. Do that. Yeah. yeah. You don't You don't need to go to Abbey Road. It's fine. You can learn how to be a singer-songwriter with a smartphone. And yep. it doesn't have to be an iPhone. Yeah. Just using that as an example. And the thing is as well, like, even if even if it's the case that the album that you record in your bedroom isn't the one that the that your new label that you found wants to release, the fact of the matter is, if you turn up at Universal and say, hey, I'm a singer-songwriter, take me to the studio. <laughs> or if you turn up with a demo that you've made yourself with the tools that you have, even if it is just you with an acoustic guitar and recorded through your phone, if they hear a hit, they've heard a hit. Yeah. It's a good book, isn't it? <sighs> Dude. Game changer. 100%. Because every fucking time 
I would feel the excuses and the fear coming in. I would start to recognize it and it would just dissolve immediately. Yeah. Um, and the last last six months of my life have been different. Very, very different. And On very, a day-to-day basis. Yeah, and very, very scary. And there's been lots of kind of like big, bold decisions that have had to have been made. And having this book kind of inside me, as it were, having these words like digested, I just, you start to realize that it's like, it's just all excuses. It's all bullshit. You will... You will never, never, ever wrestle with an excuse that's realistic. Mm-hmm. Like, oh man, I'm gonna climb Everest today. Okay, well I can't do that. There's no, there's no back or forth. That's just like, okay, that that cannot happen today. That is a fact. There you go. It's black and white. Whereas, I might go to the gym today. Oh, it's kind of windy out and like I've got stuff to do this afternoon and I haven't really eaten much. And so suddenly it's just excuse after excuse after excuse. And it's like, it's just you. Just, it, you, as I say, you rarely ever have to wrestle with like a legitimate excuse, like a legitimate reason for not doing something. Like, hey man, we should go buy sports cars today. We can't buy sports cars today. Okay. That's that's not resistance. That's, <laughs> that's a fact. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas if you're like, hey, I should, I, like, like, it's weird. It's weird now that I can't use it. I couldn't drive until like a, a year or two ago. But in terms of like, hey, let's go get driving lessons. Like, okay, that's... You, you could, but but I'm scared of driving. Yep. <laughs> no one you'll be less scared when when you're done <laughs> driving. Um, yeah. Yeah. Get out of your own way. Get over yourself. K- kill resistance. Do the thing. Do the thing. Keeps do, coming back to it, man. Yeah, do, but but again, for our friends who are doing the thing, and for for everyone who's doing the thing, if you're doing the thing, that's great. Now go do more of the thing. Go do more things. Do more things, yeah. yeah. Do more of that. I love, I love, I don't even know what the term would be these days, but it's the whole like Renaissance man kind of thing. Like, yeah, it was, you know, the artists who did the science and stuff. <laughs> like, I, like, you may decide that you want to focus on one craft. Amazing. Give it everything you've got. But if you want to have 10 crafts, 10 dreams, if you can carve the time out of the week, there are no limitations. We've been through this a million times, but just fucking crack on you better be doing something while you're listening to this yeah <laughs> I uh I'm uh I'm uh, start rounding this out but there's one quote I want to end this on and I want you to I want you to read something first and then we'll jump to this and then we'll do you want me to just read a random I want something just find something that means the most to you we can cut this dead time out as well. I could I could skip to the end you know you could skip to the end I could read the last page that really would be quite final. That would be. So I will do mine and then I will let you round it out with the final page. Spoiler alert. It's the ending. <laughs> okay. Okay. So this is one of those, again, this is one of those kind of light bulb moments where um, if you're feeling like, if you're really feeling like every time you step up to the plate, like your head just won't let you do it. Like this, this little chapter is called Resistance Can Be Beaten. If resistance couldn't be beaten, there would be no Fifth Symphony, no Romeo and Juliet, no Golden Gate Bridge. Defeating resistance is like giving birth. It seems absolutely impossible until you remember that women have been pulling it off successfully with support and without for 50 million years. Women are great. Yeah. Shout out. <laughs> Shout out to girls just in general. Just, you know, just keep, just keep breaking through those hurdles, man. Yeah. Okay. 
Okay. Should we do it? Let's do it. Should we wrap it up? Yeah. This is the very last page of the War of Art. This is the one that elicited the fuck <laughs> from Sai. This is the artist's life. Are you a born writer? Were you put on this earth to be a painter, a scientist, an apostle of peace? In the end, the question can only be answered by action. Do it or don't do it. It may help to think of it in this way. If you were meant to cure cancer or to write a symphony or crack cold fusion and you don't do it, you not only hurt yourself, even destroy yourself, you hurt your children, you hurt me, you hurt the planet. You shame the angels who watch over you and you spite the Almighty, who created you and only you with your unique gifts, for the sole purpose of nudging the human race one millimetre further along its path back to God. Creative work is not a selfish act or a bid for attention on the part of the actor. It's a gift to the world and every being in it. Don't cheat us of your contribution. Give us what you've got. This book. This book. The War of Art, Stephen Pressfield. Available in all good bookshops. And probably some shit ones too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Really good. Thanks, Stephen. Appreciate it. I'm uh I'm gonna give it a second spin over time. Yeah. Rather than just new house in it. Thank you very much for listening. Um if you're interested, it's out there. If you want to borrow borrow ours, it's out there. Uh, sorry, mate. Just just drop me a message with your address. I will send you one. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much, everybody. Have a great week. Peace. Peace.